are listening to IBTR, Internet Business Growth Radio on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, William Eastman, Senior Consultant with the Remark Group and Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media. Uh, we manage the channel. Uh, today's show is Green Industry Pro's article number three in its series on building the financial acumen for landscape business owners. Today, we're going to cover the article on accounting and invoicing. And again, this is article number three in the series. Uh, you will be reading this at the, on their uh, magazine website, and this is a follow-up. Just as a reminder, if this is your first time listening to podcasts, our goal is to expand on the article. It is almost impossible to cover any issue, especially issue related to finance, in less than 600 words. I will cover the information in greater detail and provide you a resource to pursue, pursue the topic further. And I will give you our toll-free number at the end of the broadcast. However, before we start... Let's review the last two shows, since everything is in a series. Article 1, which was out two months ago, uh, was on the critical owner reports. And basically, what should you be reading as the business owner at a minimum, uh, at least monthly, if not more often? Well, we talked about three. Number one was the monthly balance statement. Number two was the monthly income statement, or better known as the profit loss statement. And then number three was the monthly cash flow statement. All right, now... The balance statement or the balance sheet is a once once a month picture of what's changed about the business. So you get one in December, you get one in January, you get one in February, you get one in March. How are the numbers changed? Okay, and it's really kind of a what, not a how. Now the monthly income statement or profit and loss will give you a picture of how did we get from February to March and what transpired. Now because it follows accounting rules, it kind of gives you a picture. But then again, it doesn't because of how you have to account for things. So even a more powerful tool is to take a look at the cash flow statement, which is one that I like the most, because not only does it give you a better definition of what happened over the period, but also it gives you a picture of your cash situation. And if you're a small business owner, when I say small business owner under a million dollars, cash flow is everything. And then last month's article, we went, article two was around staying profitable. The, the, the gist of that was how do I get everybody into the game by teaching them, and that's really the how, by teaching them how the company makes and loses money. Uh, this is one thing to do if you got to do it by yourself. It's far easier to get people in the company employed in the same um, in the same direction. Now, I'm not saying you share everything, you tell them what you're making per uh, per day, per hour, per year, your profitability. I'm not saying you go to all the details, but if you expect them to help you manage the business better by reducing costs and increasing margins, then they got to know something. And what we talked about in Article 2 was what is the minimum they got to know and how do you teach that? Now, today, Article 3 is kind of a mixture of two things. One is a big picture on counting. And they're talking about the two different types of accounting. And I want to expand upon that because I want to make it clear that both of these are required if you're going to do anything that we talked about, especially in Article 2, you have to do this. And then also, let's start with the issue of getting money. And so let's talk about how do you handle and do invoices, all right? So given that, let's get into the article. All right. So here's a question that most business owners can't answer when I ask it. And at the Greenmark Group, we do a lot of small business consulting in the landscape industry. We work with a lot of business owners, and whether it's uh, my partner, Stephen Cohen, who's president of the company, or myself, um, here's a couple questions that we ask that almost never 
can be answered. Number one is, who are your most profitable customers? Now, most business owners can tell us who produces the most revenue, but that's not the question. I don't want to know the, I want to know the net numbers. In other words, after everything's paid for, which one is the most profitable? Because I can almost guarantee you that the most profitable customers are different than the ones that produce the most revenue because the ones that produce the most revenue may put a lot of burden onto your system. Okay, same type of question. Which one of your products or services that you sell is the most profitable? And again, what I encounter with most business owners is that they can tell me which ones generate the most revenue, but not profitability. And then the third one, okay, is are our products and services correctly priced? And again, they can't answer that, which is both an internal and external metric. So those are critical questions. If you can't answer those, it is really tough to have a viable, successful company and more importantly, even more difficult to grow one. And so how do you do that? Well, you need to understand that there really are two types of accounting uh, out there. Now, one of them you're very familiar with, because if you're not doing it, the IRS or the, the state uh, taxing agency is already banged on your door. It's called financial accounting. And it's what we talked about in Article 1. It is what produces balance sheets, income statements, uh, uh, profit and loss statements, etc. This is you've got to do this because the state requires it, the feds require it, the local require it. If you pay any taxes, it's going to be based upon this. Uh, your withholding taxes are based on this, etc., etc., etc. And this is what your accountant does. And a good accountant can not only um, keep the numbers accurate and keep you out of hot water, but a good accountant can also help you answer some of the questions that we asked. But I also understand is that financial accounting was designed not to improve your decision-making as the business owner. It was designed to meet outside demands, of, uh, demands outside the business, I should say. Let's look at a second type of accounting called managerial accounting. Now, the numbers are the same, so we're not talking about running two sets of books here. Managerial accounting is simply, as I look at every step in a process, is that step fully burdened with all of its costs? All right. Now, we talked about in Staying Profitable last, um, last month's article, we talked about the difference between fixed and variable cost. So how, would, how do you really know that? Well, if you're not doing managerial accounting, you're kind of guessing at it, and some of your numbers may be accurate, and some of them might not be. More importantly is that you're missing stuff. And so what we would do here and what we have in the article is how do you do that? Well, it's really simple. You create a visual map of every process. And what I mean by a visual ma uh, map is... You just line up the steps. What's step one in this process? What's step two? What's step three? Step four? Step five? And you want to do this for both the external, the stuff that you produce for customers, which would convey variable cost, and then you want to do it for the internal things, like uh, how do we handle phone calls? How do we do bookkeeping? Uh, you know, any of the behind-the-scenes administrative services that you're running in the business, you want to do those as well. And those are your fixed costs. Because once I've got that done, then I can do a couple things. One is, and if we were having a conversation around the idea of running a lean business, what I would say to you now is remove all non-value. Well, we're doing the same thing. I'm going to look at that map and say, is that map complete? Do we have all the steps in there that we, need to, that we really need? And more importantly, if it contains everything, you know, do we have steps in there that we could remove? Because game is ultimately won by the businesses who can do more with less. In other words, you get a better use of your resources than your competitors. And what does that mean? 
that means that you're able to do it better, faster, and for less than them. And part of that is fewer steps, fewer time in each step. So what I want to do is once I've got a map, I want to look at it and say, is there any improvements I can make in this that I can reduce the amount of time or activities involved? Once you've done that, you said, okay, that's my best shot. Now what you want to do is you want to assign cost each step. Um, and so let's start with the variable cost. What is the variable cost of doing step one, step two? A variable cost, again, is what it costs you to service this account. If you didn't make the sale and you weren't delivering this type of landscaping service, you wouldn't have these costs. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have to spend any money. So a customer has, a, you've signed a contract, you've got a long-term uh, lawn maintenance contract with somebody, you go and buy every week. Every week you've got a series of steps that have both variable costs assigned to them, like driving there, okay, what's all the cost of driving on site? Then you're going to set up on site. What are the costs of that? Then you're probably going to stage the job. Lay out how you want to get it done so you get done the least amount of time. Then you got the mowing and you got the, the trimming and then you've got the blowing and then may you, you may have spraying and then you got cleanup and then you're back in the truck and you're off to the next job. Each one of those steps incur a variable cost, which is material and labor. Okay, and so once you've got all that done, then you want to want to do is you want to say to yourself, okay, I want to assign now the fixed cost for running the business. So what a lot of us do, the simplest way of doing it, and it's reasonably accurate, is you go, for every hour I operate, it costs me this much in utilities, this much in rent, um, it's this much of, of salary to or wages that I'm paying to, say, an executive assistant, and you assign fixed cost to each one of those, and suddenly what you've got is you know exactly what the job costs to do. Now, what does that happen? When you do that, what happens really quickly is you can see all those costs, and then what you get paid, what will jump out at what will jump out at you is who are the most profitable accounts in terms of customers. What are the most profitable services or products that you sell? Because what those two will tell you now is, well, this particular service to this type of customer doesn't make us any money. But this type of service to this type of cup customer does make us money. So what do I want to sell more of? I want to sell more of the stuff that has a better margin. I want to sell less of the stuff that has a lower margin. Pretty simple. You get that. You don't need, you don't need, need me to tell you that. But the other thing it does is I can also look at my pricing to go, all right, I don't have enough margin on this particular type of service. Now, why is that? And so if you're in a marketplace that's highly competitive, and, what, and I'll give you a, an economics term right now, in a highly competitive environment where everybody's competing on price, it's called price inelasticity. In other words, price is not elastic. If you, don't, if you don't charge this, if you charge more than this number here, you're going to get no work. So you've got to work backwards. So if you look at the price, and this is the price that the market demands, you can't sell it for any more, and you've got a very, very, very low margin on that, then you've got to say to yourself, okay, we've got to have to take a look at our cost structure because we're going to have to reduce the cost, otherwise we're going to have to get out of that business because we can't make any money on it. And so... What this managerial accounting does for you is that it gives you a really different picture of the business, and it's a day-to-day -day picture of the business. And you can do this on a spreadsheet. If you want to talk about it later, I'll give you that information. Uh, but it's really that simple to do. And once you've got a handle on this and you've got it on your spreadsheet, 
you're going to be running a whole lot tighter uh, company. All right, so we've done the managerial accounting. Um, I think if you're looking to do a little homework or research on it, uh, Google the term uh, activity-based costing or Bing, depending upon what search engine or Yahoo you like to use. But activity-based costing would be where I'd go. All right, now. That takes you through the accounting piece. You're going to have financial accounting done by your account and your CPA. Managerial accounting is with their help. Now, get the help of the CPA because some of them know what you're talking about and some of them don't, unfortunately. If you haven't hired a CPA yet, oh, good news, or haven't hired an accountant, look for one that can do both. Otherwise, somebody administratively inside the company is going to have to keep this spreadsheet up. All right, now, let's take a look at invoicing. All right. So invoicing, the thing to consider here is that first issue is accuracy. Okay. Second issue is timing. And my third issue is marketing. Now, in the article, I put timing and accuracy together. So we'll kind of put those together. You know, what happens is when I write an article and then I have to talk about it, I sometimes come to different conclusions. So the first issue is it really gets to the premise of the following. Give the customer any excuse for not paying you, and they will take it. Got it? Let me say that again, just so it sinks in. Give your customers any excuse not to pay you, and they will take you up on the offer. And so when I'm looking at invoicing, what I want to do is make sure that, number one, is that this is a solid piece of paper if I'm going to put it through snail mail. If I'm not putting it through snail mail and I'm going to send it to as an email, then it's a solid, accurate document. But the deal, first deal here is that it is complete in its information and it goes out on time. Now, based on, upon your contractual arrangements, I don't know what on time means to you, but if whatever you agree to personally, I bill when I'm done. All right. Or if things are better, I bill at the beginning of the month. That's even better. But if I can't pull that one off, then when it's done, I bill because, look at it this way, if the customer has the right to take 30 days to pay you, they'll take 30 days to pay you. If, in fact, you wait two weeks, that's not 30 days from the day you did the work. It's 30 days from when they get it. If you wait two weeks, you've just added 10 work days, 14 calendar days uh, to getting paid. And I don't know about you, but... Most of my clients are not that uh, stuffed with cash that they can give away days like that. All right, so here's some things to consider. And this is just a real short list, a checklist to take a look at your invoicing. Number one is it always has a date. Now, if you've got software producing, um, uh, if you've got accounting software and it produces a report, it will put a date on there. Now, I would recommend that that date, you not only have a date for when the invoice is being sent, so if you print it today, let's say we're doing this all electronically, we're going to send it through an email like PayPal will do for you. One thing I want to make sure is that if it says today, it goes out today. Now, the other thing on date I want to make sure of is that if the service was done on a certain date, I want that someplace in the document. If it's next to the item or some other location is that I'm going to send this out on the 11th of March, but the work was done on the 9th. Okay. Number two is that always address the invoice directly to the person who, or, who ordered your service. Now, this is not 
so bad in business because in business, that person typically there's a process in most companies. So if you're doing B2B business to business sales uh, and you're doing commercial landscaping, then you know who your contact is in their accounting department. That's where you're sending it. Residential site, on the other hand, can get kind of weird because, you know, if the wife ordered it, why are you sending it to the husband unless you were given specific orders to do so? Send it to the person who ordered the service so nobody is in doubt about what this is. You don't want the husband holding on to it for four or five days and finally saying to the wife, what is this? Or the other way around, okay? Always, number three, include an invoice or a reference number on the document. And that gives you the ability to go back because if, for example, the customer says, you weren't here on that date or you didn't do these services, you want the ability to go back and find it. And I guarantee you, if you're going to be using the date as kind of your tracking number, you're not going to be able to pull that off. Now, that also says, when you look at your work orders and how these jobs are being done, is there some sort of reference number on those documents? And there should be. All right. Make sure each line item, number four, has a clear description. What you don't want to do is you want to put all the hidden costs in here. But what you want to make sure is that your descriptor, so let's say that you look at all the variable and fixed costs that do uh, this particular job, and there's 10 things there. Well, maybe you split that into two items and give them a general description. Okay, we did this and we did this. But you don't want to itemize the bill because you don't want that type of scrutiny because the customer is not smart enough to figure out how it is that they should be running a landscaping firm so they can't look at that line item and say, what are you charging me for that? Why are you charging me for that particular line item? That's something that has to be done. Why bring it to their attention? So you want to group it and you want to put them in groups that are justifiable and just make sure that your costs are in there so you can explain it if you need to. All right. Make sure, number five, that there's always a due date and payment, to uh, payment terms by the invoice total. And if you're going to allow for partial payment, again, make sure that that's clear. And I got to tell you right now, the more that you can go and do this electronically, unless you do this on paper, the better. Because if you do it electronically, they put the check in the mail. It takes three or four days to get to you. Maybe you don't get to the post office for a couple of days. Then you put the check in. It takes a couple of days to clear. Uh-uh. You know, you basically, I send them an invoice. They pay with their credit card that date. If that's the deal I have, other cases, I have their credit card on file. Even better. Uh, but we're talking, you're invoicing them, not just charging them. And so I want to make sure that all those terms are there. Um, I talked about the, the payment options next to that, partial payment, full payment, etc. Okay. Now, we've talked about the accuracy and the timing. Let me kind of close out with the other pieces. Is there's probably no other piece of marketing collateral that they're going to review closer than this document because I can guarantee you it's one that they read. You send them stuff in the mail, you send them emails, a lot of times they don't read it. So I don't want to add more items to the phone, uh, to let's say if we send it to, to the post service, I don't want to add more items to it. I want to use the invoice as a marketing tool. It's a piece of collateral. So one of the things I want to do is I want to include in there my statement about our commitment to customer service and how much they appreciate their business. So I want to make it clear to them is that we we love the fact that we've got the right to invoice them, and we love the fact that we got a right to service their property. So if you're going to email this rather than send it, send an email as a required e-read uh, receipt. You can set up your email, whether it's Gmail, Outlook, or whoever you're using, that you can require on certain emails of certain accounts 
that there's a, that you get a receipt when it's read. Now, what's happening lately, and I happen to run a, a customer relationship management software package called Streak, which operates within uh, Gmail, uh, with Streak, I'm told the second it's open. But I would say to you, make sure that you get a receipt on it so that they can't say I didn't get it. Now, I still get it from customers, I didn't get it, but then I can have a little fun and say, well, then somebody's reading your email because Thursday at 2.41, somebody opened the email. And uh, you only have to do that to them once or twice and they'll stop playing that game. Again, remember, give the customer excuse not to pay you. They will take you up on it, all right? Number nine, always follow up with the invoice prior to due date with a call to ensure the customer understands everything that's there. Now, when I the last place I did is a turnaround, this is one of the first things I did because they were way, 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 way in the hole financially. And part of it was their accounts receivable average were, uh, were in the high 40s, around 48 days of accounts receivable. And that's just crazy. So I, I took all of the administrative staff every Thursday afternoon, and what they did is they called everybody. So you had, you had two lists. One, who was billed this week, and you called them, and you followed up to say, hey, you got it. Any questions? Is it accurate? You know, blah, blah, blah. In other words, what you want to do is them tell you it's perfect. Now, you, um, you may want to follow up with a question of, uh, do, you, do you foresee any problems with paying us on time? I wouldn't do that with a customer that pays on time. But if I had somebody that's constantly late, I might nicely say that. And I probably would say it nicer than I just did. But the point is I would inquire about it. Uh, but here's the deal. If you don't follow up on those invoices, you don't get a read receipt, you don't follow up on the invoices, what's going to happen is you're going to expect a payment on a certain date and you're not going to get it. This is your way of making sure you get paid on time. And then I, I would recommend respond with a thank you note. And you can do this with email or by mail after the payment is received. Uh, you can easily set up a program to send out a, a personalized note saying, thank you very much, we appreciate your business, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the 10 things you can do to make sure that your invoicing is accurate on time and you use it as powerful marketing collateral. Now, next article, Article 4 uh, for Green Industry Pros, is that we're going to be we're going to be building on the ABC approach to accounting. And, and based upon that, how do you build and execute a budget? This is absolutely critical. All the companies that I work with, one of the things that uh, I have noticed over the years is that they have, they do not have the ability to build budgets, and they don't operate from a budget. And so, what happens in that particular setting, and it's really, it's really difficult, is that they they budget by what we call replacement. In other words, you spend no money until, okay, no money until you replace it and you can't take advantage of any opportunities and if you're really going to get the employees involved with the business what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get them in there all right so that's it now you want more information about this you want to discuss this further um i'm, I'm here for you so william eastman the green mark group here's our phone number 833-784-7336 that's 833- 784 7336 or are you green? Um, are you G R E E N? We'll get you there. All right. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to talking to you next week.